Hey, and welcome to the Rally Podcast. We're stoked that you're here. We hope that this would be a tool to help you pursue the presence of God, people, and the ways of Jesus. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy. How are you feeling? Why are you trusting Jesus? Just like everyone just answered their thoughts and their feelings and why they're trusting Jesus, it's a question we need to wrestle through ourselves. And tonight, we're going to be talking about following Jesus. And I've been wrestling and thinking through in the climate of everything that's happening in the world, how I'm feeling and why am I trusting Jesus? And one thing just keeps ringing in my mind, that Jesus is faithful. And we need to be reminded and encouraged tonight in the midst of an election, in the midst of everything and the tension that's going on in the world right now, that Jesus is faithful. When we look back on history, we've seen time and time again, Jesus' faithfulness. Because the world feels pretty dark and challenging right now, but we can be encouraged to look back on the world, world history and see there's been world wars. There's been ravaging plagues that, that's gone through humanity. There's been depressions and all sorts of sickness and heartache and pain. But one thing has rung true, that Jesus is faithful. And so tonight, I want you to be encouraged that we as a community, as we gather together in the midst of everything that's happening in the world, knowing that Jesus is faithful. But not only is Jesus faithful, He is King, but He's not just a King, He's the King, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And the world is leaning in on what's been happening in America with two men have been vying for a seat in an office. They've been trying to take a seat in a position of power as president. And tonight, I want to remind us of someone who sits in a greater seat, and his name is Jesus. And so I want to just read really quickly from Ephesians 1, and I hope it encourages your soul. And it says this, Ephesians 1 verse 20 that He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at the right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. You see, Jesus is seated on high. He is on the throne. He defeated death and He is alive. And so tonight we have hope because of Jesus. And I just want to remind and encourage us, no man, no president will ever be the saviour of the world. Jesus intimately cares about what's happening in the world. He cares about you. He cares how you're feeling. You might be really hopeless at the moment and you might be scratching your head as what's going to take place but you can be reminded and encouraged, Jesus is the Savior of the world. He defeated death and because of that, we have hope in Him. No man will ever come to the rescue like Jesus will. No man has, has the authority like Jesus does. And so tonight, we're gonna to be looking and leaning into this thought and reality that King Jesus has put an invitation on the table for us to follow Him. And so tonight, no matter how you're feeling, would our eyes be lifted on high to Jesus, that He is our King, that He is our Lord, and our hope is in Him. So I want to talk about this idea of following Jesus. 
I want to talk about this idea of what does it mean for us to follow Jesus? You see, I am an Australian. This is my an Australian passport and I love Australia. I live in your country, America. Thank you for having me. But you need, you need to hear me tonight. I identify first and foremost as a follower of Jesus who is an Australian. And it's the same for you. If you're a follower of Jesus, we are followers of Jesus first and then an American. You see, we get the beautiful privilege and opportunity as it talks about in Philippians of being citizens of heaven. We are citizens of heaven. And tonight we wanna look in an exchange where Jesus asks some men to come and follow Him. And I wanna really encourage us tonight around this idea of pursuing the ways of Jesus. Pursuing the ways of Jesus. And before I read this text, I just wanna really quickly say, if this is your first time at Rally, we're so thankful that you're here. We're glad that you've joined us and we would love you to be a part of this family. We pray you feel connected and loved tonight. And my name is Josh Bull. I get to lead Rally alongside an amazing team across the state. And there are hundreds of young adults joined in houses and buildings and gathering tonight to lift up to the name of Jesus. And we have hope in Jesus. And so tonight we're gonna be talking about this idea of pursuing the ways of Jesus. And to give you some context, if you've got your Bibles, you can look in Matthew 4, and that's where we're gonna have our conversation tonight is out of Matthew 4 in verse 18. But before we read this scripture, to give you some context really quickly, this is the moment where Jesus asked Peter to come and follow him. Jesus was living in the first century culture, which had Jewish rabbi teachers, and those rabbis would call people to be their disciples, which were in essence students, followers, disciples who would follow rabbi teachers. So this was a culture that, that, that Jesus was familiar with, that culture was understood this idea of following, being a disciple. And we're about to look at an exchange where Jesus calls some men to come and follow him. Matthew 4 says this, while walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately, they left their boat and their father and followed him. I want you to hear one thought tonight. What would it look like if we walked and lived in the ways of Jesus? If we walked and lived in the ways of Jesus. Can I pray for you? Father, I thank you so much for every single person who's gathered here tonight. I thank you, Jesus, that you're seated upon a throne and you sent your spirit to dwell amongst us. And we have hope in you, Jesus, tonight. And I thank you that you have invited us to follow you. I bless your people and I thank you that you're with us. It's in your name we pray, amen. Uh, I am the polar opposite of a handyman. I have tried many times before to cut the right cuts, get the nails where they need to go, and I am the opposite of a handyman. When I, I've learned these lessons many times before, but it all started 
when I was about 17 years old and I got asked to be an apprentice carpenter. And basically what it was, was a school-based apprenticeship where one day a week I would go with my, my boss and he was my youth leader at the time. I thought he was really cool. So I get to take one day off school, get paid, and I get to go hang out with this guy. I was like, I'm in, I wanna do this apprenticeship. So for a whole year, every single Monday, I would wake up at 5 a.m., he would come and pick me up, we'd go off to the job site and I would watch him, I would be with him, I would observe, and then he would say, all right, it's your time, start cutting, start nailing, start doing these things. And I, I was hopeless, but I had such a good time. So nails are flying everywhere and I'm wasting probably so much of this expensive wood and I'm trying my best to learn how to be an apprentice and very quickly, we came to a conclusion like, that's not the future for you, Josh. Like you, you need to go down another career path. But you see this idea of apprenticeship uh, is something that we are accustomed to in culture. And if we were to pause for a moment, the idea of following Jesus has probably lost its potency, has lost its, its awe and wonder that there's an invitation on the table to follow Jesus. It's kind of become a little bit of a cliche, but. I would put before you that following Jesus and being a disciple of Jesus is very much so like being an apprentice of Jesus, being with Him, spending time with Him, doing life and learning from Him and ultimately following Him. But we live in a culture and in a day and age where if we're being honest for a moment, following Jesus looks much like we think we've received an invitation that, that you, you heard about this idea of heaven and hell and you wanna to go to heaven one day when you die. And so you say, yep, I'll follow Jesus. And you got saved, no question about that, but you have received an invitation and but you don't really think that applies to your day in, day out life. So you probably put that to, to the side and you just go about living your life and knowing one day I'm gonna live uh, in heaven. So I've got my ticket, my invitation. That's one concept potentially of following Jesus. The other observation and thought is that we live in a culture in a day and age of Instagram that we have observed maybe Jesus, this is the rally Instagram, give it a, give it a follow, little plug right there. But the reality is we live in a social media day and age where we find an account, a profile, a person, we look at their aesthetic, we think about what they're posting and the life they're living and we, we do the calculation and say, okay, I'm gonna follow, click that blue button, and we're gonna follow this person. But you see, you might say, okay, I'm clicking follow, I'm following you, Jesus, but I'm just observing. I'm seeing you, I'm going to church on Sundays, I'm doing these things and I'm following you, but it doesn't really interact with your day in and day out life. But what I wanna put before you today that following Jesus looks way more like a hand extended saying, would you hold my hand? Would you do life with me day in, day out, be an apprentice of me and following me? Dallas Willard, he says this, and shout out to Dallas Willard, so much of my message came from him. He's very wise. It says this, being his apprentice is therefore not a matter of special religious activities, but an orientation and quality of my entire existence. An orientation and quality of my entire existence. I wanna put before you really quickly three key observations, goals in way we, which we wanna orientate our lives in following Jesus. The first one is be with Jesus. 
So simple to say, but there's an invitation on the table for us to follow and be with Jesus. When we look at the story of Jesus and his disciples, they will go from town to town, eating together, laughing together. The disciples would be with Jesus and observe how he interacted with people. They would observe the way he loved people. They would see Jesus interact at the dinner table, laughing, telling stories, but they would have times of hardship and pain and persecution and they were with Jesus. We live in a day and age so busy from going from one thing to the next that Jesus kind of just sits off to the side and it's like, yeah, I'll get to you when I can, Jesus. But you know, He wants to be in your everyday moments, in your hard moments, in your good moments. He wants to be with you. We hear this idea of abiding in Him, resting in Him, finding life in Jesus. He's not far removed, but He wants to be with you. And that's an offer for you today. And we hear of these ideas of spiritual practices and spiritual disciplines. And Paul talks about in 1 Timothy, this idea of training yourself in godliness. And there are some spiritual practices that help us be with Jesus. And I just want to put a couple before you today, and there are many more. But one of this idea is simply that we want to discipline ourselves, not out of trying to be just, oh, let me be with Jesus. But no, we want to train our bodies. We want disciplines in our lives that help us be with Jesus. A beautiful spiritual practice that I would encourage you to see in an order in your life is silence and solitude. This is a beautiful, beautiful spiritual practice that Jesus modeled for us. You read Luke 5 where Jesus withdrew often and he's spending time in a, in a quiet place by yourself with God, that he wants to meet you where your soul can be refreshed. And that might, might look like waking up in the morning and not going straight to your phone, but sitting on your couch with a coffee in your hand and for five minutes, not doing anything, but letting your soul breathe and meditating on the goodness of God. The silence and solitude is a beautiful practice that, that you can incorporate into your life of which might be going on a walk and just feeling rejuvenated as you meditate and fix your eyes upon God. Another beautiful spiritual practice is reading scripture. This is not just something we do out of religious obligation, but it's nourishment, it's life for our soul that we wanna go into the word of God and read it and be, be, hear God speak to us and let it, let it bring life into our soul that we would meditate and let it be just a nourishment for our souls. And I would encourage you, read one verse of, of Scripture maybe, that's all you can do and meditate on it, one chapter a day. And let that be a daily part of our rhythms where we find reading Scripture. Another beautiful thing that we could do is Sabbath where we cease and we celebrate, where we spend a day dedicated to God, where we can enjoy Him and enjoy friends. And it's a moment to think, God, I trust you. You're my provider. You're the one I celebrate. I'm with you, Jesus. There's an offer on the table to be with Jesus. The next thing is we're with Jesus. We want to become like Jesus. This in its purest form is spiritual formation. Now, you, you might be, what does that mean? We are all being formed into something. The question is not if, but what. 
that, that the world is trying to form you, the world is trying to shape you, but the beautiful invitation on the table is that we can become like Jesus. This is transformation from the inside out, that, that we become more like Him, that we experience His presence, His Spirit dwelling with us, that we would receive His characteristics and the fruit of the Spirit, that our fleshly selfish desires over a period of time fade away and we become more and more like Jesus. Some very great practices in doing this of how do we become more like Him? Is something maybe there's, you need to give forgiveness, that maybe there's bitterness in your heart, there's things that you have towards people around you. Maybe you need to write a list and say, I'm gonna forgive these people. I'm gonna forgive because Jesus told me to forgive. Maybe another thing is that you wanna take time to be generous. We're not gonna live lives for us, but we wanna give ourselves away in our time, in our money, in our possessions, that we wanna give and be known for our generosity. Another really great thing that we could do is serve. Can you serve the people around you and and be humble and and take the posture like Jesus and let this transformation take place and ultimately pray and ask God, I wanna become more like you, Jesus. And one of the most beautiful things of becoming like Jesus is it's done in community. That's why rally groups matter. That's why your friendships matter. Would you have God honoring community? Say, hey, we want to collectively become more like Jesus. So the first thing we orientate ourselves and we say we wanna be with Jesus. The second thing is we wanna become like Jesus. Then ultimately we wanna act like Jesus. Mark 3, it says this in verse 13, and he went up on the mountain and he called to him those whom he desired and they came to him. This is another moment where he's assembling his disciples. He calls them and hear this, and he appointed 12 so that they might be with him and He sent them out to preach and have authority to cast out demons. Jesus assembles His disciples. He brings them in and ultimately He would spend time with them. He would be with them and they would become more like Him and His end goal would be to send them out and say, you're gonna carry on the good works that I have begun. I want you to go forth. I want you to preach the gospel, cast out demons, heal the sick, go forth and take the church forward. And that mandate is on offer for us today that we can be with Him, become like Him and act like Him. And I wanna put before you this idea that we, our routine and our lifestyle can model that of Jesus's. Jesus did this through eating and drinking with people. He, he sat, sat around tables with people who didn't look like him or didn't sound like him, but he was with people. Another beautiful thing is that Jesus tells us to preach the gospel. Would our lives point to a greater story of Jesus? Will we go all in for the story of Jesus? And would our lives be marked by prayer? that we see that Jesus' disciples gathered together to pray often, would we be known for the way we pray and beg God to move? You see, this is on offer for us today, that we would pursue the ways of Jesus, that we would, would follow Him. There was a moment in time in 2018, four days before Christmas, where I sat on this seat, I sat on this seat for two hours and I wept because my mom had passed away all of a sudden and I got a phone call from my dad and he told me that my mom didn't wake up all of a sudden and it was a huge shock and a huge surprise. And I sat in this seat, this seat right here 
and I wept and I had this excruciating pain within me and my soul longed to be with Jesus. I didn't want anything from Him. I didn't want anything that the world had to offer. But in that moment of deep, deep, deep pain, I just wanted to be with Jesus. And I would consistently, as the journey began of grief and walking through the pain of losing my mom, I would consistently in the morning sit on this seat and I would take time to stop and to be in silence and solitude and read scripture and let God speak to me and be with Him. And I kept feeling this whisper of, would you be with me? And through that season, I believe I ultimately became more like Him because I let Him form me and heal me and reveal things in my life that He wanted to transform and renew. And over a period of time, I had this confidence to act like Him, to preach the gospel and live a life that would follow Jesus. And I just kept feeling this whisper of, would you follow me? Would you follow me? And this has been a journey that I can look back over my life from being a teenager and a young man and getting married of this consistent whisper, would you come and follow me? And it doesn't end that the invitation is on the, on the table for us to hold the hands of Jesus, that the dust of his feet as he walks would be on us because we're in such close proximity to Jesus and we would do life with him. And so right now, I wanna encourage us as a community to be known that we would walk and live in the ways of Jesus. And I'm gonna right now, we're about to hand back to our rally houses right now. But I wanna ask, is there one thing in your life that maybe you need to change? Maybe there's a spiritual discipline. Maybe there's unforgiveness in your heart. Maybe there's one thing that you need to realize, I've been so busy, I need to be with Jesus. I need to become more like Him. What's something that you can do practically out of this? But as we have discussions in the midst of the chaos in the world, let us be reminded that Jesus sits on the throne, that He is King, that He is Lord, but that King wants a relationship with us and we can follow Him. Let love be the driving force behind everything that we do. We're not pointing fingers, we're not casting stones, we're not angry, we're not just people who are mad. No, we wanna become more like Jesus. Rally, I bless you and I thank you for your time. Enjoy conversation, be blessed. Thank you for joining the Rally podcast. We hope it encouraged you. We'd love for you to be part of the Rally family. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and YouTube at New Spring Rally so you don't miss a thing.